So I don't know if this is actually Nick DiPaolo uh, from NickDip.com uh, or if it is his his uh, his French, uh, you know, uh, pseudo uh, pseudonym <laughs> here, uh, uh, like Mitt Romney. I don't know. Do you have one of those or because he was Mitt Romney is so brave. He's willing to hide behind a fr- a French alias on Twitter. You know, he's the biggest disappointment. I actually believed in that stiff. I did a too. Few years ago. I did too. I, you know, I saw a documentary. I go, he's a good family man. Yep. He's very bright. He destroyed Obama in those debates. And, the first and, you one. Know, even the second one, I, I, I think he won. But, but anyways, uh, but now he's just, uh, it turns out he's just another backstabbing, two-faced uh, GOP relic. It's, he really, it, he really disappointed me. That's why I'm voting for a Liz Warren. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what do you think the odds are that Hillary Clinton is? Did you see the quote I gave it earlier? There was a quote from somebody on her staff that said, "Look, I'm, I don't think this is going to happen. Is it possible? Yes. It, does she think about it all the time? Absolutely. That's a quote." Does she think about it all the time? Is that news? No, it's not. This power-hungry, she's the most disgusting person on the planet. She's a sellout. She was part of the lib revolution and and became a corporate shill. She slept with a guy who was very important, and that's how she got to the top. There's nothing authentic about her. She disgusts me. Of course she's thinking about it. And uh, she's out there touting her book. With her daughter, they had eleven people, I think, at the uh, Barnes and Noble in San Antonio. Uh, I have so but, I have so uh, much to say about uh, you know who would buy her book. I thought I, I was reading. Yesterday. I bought it. Did you? Yes, I did. I, I took a shotgun in my backyard and hung it up on my shed. Yeah, right through the eyes. Right. Oh, I, uh, I I tell you, I I I thought who is paying her for another book, and then I realized, oh crap. It's Simon and Schuster, the people who I'm publishing my last book with. So I'll, Ooh, I'll save my there, Glenn. I'll easy. save my commentary and uh, for, uh, for a while. What's it like to write a book? I can't even push out a pamphlet. It's a nightmare. Years. It's a nightmare. I, I'm in that's the middle. What I heard. I'm in the middle of the final thing, and I just said to somebody, you know, I know authors, and they all say I can't talk to anybody for like six months. <laughs> I've got to do all my jobs. And write the book. I have been sequestered for the last uh, few days, except for this, trying to get uh, trying to get the final part on the book. But it's it's really good. This one is uh, about socialism and and, uh, and you, Elizabeth Warren and AOC and did, all that. You know a lot about that. Didn't you spend your honeymoon in Cuba? Was that you? <laughs> no, that was uh, strangely. Oh, that was uh, another. Strangely not. So uh, uh, let's go through some of the uh, news of the day. Uh, first of all, the lynching thing. Oh, jeez. Please. I, and I was watching your friend Hillary there. She does a story. She does a story on, uh, you know, Biden and all these Democrats back in the day using the lynching term. And then her next story is about Alzheimer's. They have a new test for it. I say they give it to the Democrat Party and Biden. <laughs> and uh, and may I say the media. Did you see? Do we have the thing we played a little while ago? The Ali Velcher thing from CNN. Please play this for so Nick can see that this is crazy. The. They all have amnesia or Alzheimer's, and they, Alzheimer's. they can't remember that the reason why they made Bill Clinton the first black president was because they said his uh, impeachment was a lynching, a modern-day lynching. 
Here's here is MSNBC yesterday trying to teach people what lynchings really are. Listen to this. God help us. President Trump invoked lynching today when talking about the constitutionally protected impeachment inquiry. He said, <laughs> quote, all Republicans must remember what they are witnessing here. A lynching. Let's be clear. Lynchings no. were terrorism. Plain and simple. Slaughter <laughs> used to testify Stop. to terrify African. I can't, I can't take it, Nick. I can't take it. Thank you for educating me, MSNBC. <laughs> I had no idea that lynching was terrorism. It, 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 I, I'm sick of calling. Here's the problem, Glenn. We always call out the double standards. I know. I can't take do, it anymore. But we do nothing about it. I know. The, the double and triple standards, but we do nothing so about it. So what are we going to do? What do you it, do? It, what do you suggest? Oh, okay, let's change it. No, it's a raping. Does that make you feel better? It's not a lynching. It's a rape. I mean, <laughs> this whole thing where you can't use terms, you know, from back in the day, because I, I'm afraid to buy Cool Whip because you can't use slavery terms. And, and, and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we are, we are getting nuts yeah, but, here. Okay, so I agree with you. I come yes. in every day. Every day I come in and I'm like, I don't want to talk about the double standard because it's just. But then you just look at the news and you're like, how? How do these people sleep at night? They don't. They well, they sleep with each other from CNN. <laughs> I just saw some of the Project Veritas. See that guy? What's his name? Brusque? No, Steve Brusque? Oh, my uh, God. He looks like he's in his late hundreds. Ugliest guy I've ever seen. He's making moves on 20-year-olds. What am I doing comedy for? A guy like that can... <laughs> um, but... <laughs> What was what were we talking about? I'm we sorry. were talking I about I'm talk. I'm tired of talking about the hypocrisy and the double standards. Yeah. But you, well, but it's it's like it's so bad and so crazy. Yeah. We, we have to, uh, you know, we have to get tougher. They can. Why are we always chasing them, Glenn? Why That's are true. we always chasing them? Seriously, I want this answer by you're a smart guy. You're a zillionaire. How? Why are we always chasing them? Do they have better lawyers, the Democrats? Are they smarter? Why are we? I know they control the media, all the institutions, the colleges. Why are we always chasing them? Uh, I, Where, I will we, tell you this. Help this me, is please. Why, this is why I, I am I'm following on the chalkboard. Next week, I'm going to do another special because uh, we have we have listened to them. And we're going to present their argument, but I'm also going to show you what the media has done since our last chalkboard. And I've been saying this since the day we had it. Stop playing defense. Play offense. You got them. You have them on this. And what are we doing? We're, we're talking about quid pro quo. There was no quo. Lots of quid, no quo. What are you doing? Stop defending and go on the offense. Isn't that, isn't that because they control the message still? No, I mean, I the mainstream media, the internet, isn't, isn't that why? Until we wrestle that from them, and that's going to take 40, 50 years to turn this ship around. I won't be around for it. Yeah, there's no, there's, it's not turning around. That ship's yeah. not turning around. So, so how, how do we get into a question, lifeboat? I just want to throw that in real quick. Yeah, <laughs> me, I know. I hear the the guys playing in the band. Yeah, the deck is I know. Soaked. Yeah, every, why what? is everybody in a tuxedo smoking cigars and saying "Let's die like gentlemen"? No, get in the get your ass in the boat. Oh, I'd I'd be throwing women overboard. I'd be punching <laughs> kids in the face. Get out of the way. Go on the offensive. Uh, but what do you what do you, how do we answer this for me? I asked the guy that runs a media research center when I was filling in for Dennis Miller. How did the liberals get control of media in the first place? 
I, I know there's a there's a theory out there when when after World War Two. Uh, no. no, I'm not going to bring that. What, no, it was explain. it was it was, what, it was the progressive era, it was the progressive era. It was Woodrow Wilson, uh, that Colonel House. Rat. I know Colonel House, uh, Edward Bernays, and the guy who ran CBS. Uh, and they, uh, and they I know this. Yeah, I know this sounds like a conspiracy because when you say these words, everybody's like, oh, it's a conspiracy. No, it's out in the open. Um, but they they put together the uh, what, what is that organization called, Stu, that they put together? Remember? Uh, NAACP. No, no. It's for the news. <laughs> All of the, the eggheads get together. Uh, Bloomberg. No, no, a White House correspondent's <laughs> dinner. Shoot, it's the conspiracy place that everybody's like, oh, yeah, because you're in All the, the info was. <laughs> no, another one. <laughs> anyway, uh, Gilligan's put, Island. I'm trying to remember what the name of it is. I know somebody's in their car right now going, dummy, it's this Council of Foreign Relations. Oh, so they, I read about them. They, they put that together. Uh, yeah. And what it was is we're going to we'll handpick the experts yes. and they will meet with the press and the experts will teach the press what the people are too stupid to understand, and the press will then go sell that to the people. And do you know who? I'm going to show you a little savvy. I'm not just a comic. Do you know who headed up the Council on Foreign Relations? No. Mika Brzezinski's old man. Uh, yeah, I think he, he did. Yeah, he did. That scumbag, and that's why she's an idiot. <laughs> Who's with me? <laughs> So let me, let me, Nick. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Sure. Couple, couple of stories here. Yeah. One, uh, the Daily Caller. We asked every GOP senator about impeachment, and only seven ruled it out. And they're making it into a big deal that only seven ruled it out. Would you, if you were a senator, would you rule it out, or you'd say, "I'd like to see the evidence. I want to see the case," or would you just uh, rule it out? I fight like the Democrats. I fight 30. I'd go, I, I rule it out. I wouldn't even think twice. But this is all kabuki theater anyways, Glenn. Yeah. Let me ask you this, okay? I, as from my understanding of impeachment, if it passes in the House, then the Senate, if there's an impeachment trial, becomes the jury. Yes. This, this is how it works. Right. You really think the Republicans uh, are going to convict Trump and cut their own political throats and, and then no longer exist as a party. This is all but this is all symbolic on Nancy Pelosi's part and shift to cancers and blights on this country. It's all kabuki theater. It, 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 he's not going to get impeached just for that reason. He's, I actually the, I the actually, Senate controls the uh, the Republicans control the Senate. If, so what are we talking about here? We're wasting our time. If it goes to the Senate in a way, I actually would like to see it go through because they can call witnesses the other side. And and if they're smart, they turn this whole thing around because the Senate will the, the Trump could make his case uh, that is uh, that I think is very, very clear that the media is just not covering. Bill O'Reilly thinks I'm wrong on that because he said nobody is going to nobody's going to watch it. But I think people would. I mean, everybody watched the OJ trial, everybody watched the impeachment of Bill Clinton. I think they're going to watch this. Yeah, they also watched American Idol in record numbers. So don't be too right. sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. If, this, if there's something on A&E that night, but you're right. Uh, you uh, know, about the Kardashians, it'll be uh, neck and neck. And that's why we're in this soup. Let me, uh, let me get your thoughts on this. A new bill brought by a Massachusetts state legislature uh, would make it a crime to maliciously call somebody, excuse the expression, a bitch within the Commonwealth. 
That's the reason I moved out of Massachusetts a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I use that term a lot. You know, it's it's... No, they, it, we, you get that. You get the three kids in Connecticut who are yelling racial slurs. Did you see that? They got arrested. Yeah. yeah. Yelling and racial slurs. What, what they got arrested. They were, yell- so they were yelling the N-word uh, in public yeah. in, at, at, around a college campus. And it was fascinating. The Washington Post wrote a whole story about it. And at no point did they bring up the First Amendment question here can you get arrested for saying a word? Did you notice that Ali Vecchi, what, what, what he said on that MSNBC thing? The first thing he said was the constitutionally protected yeah, right. impeachment. It's the only time those guys ever talk about Constitution. Oh, yeah. Only time. Only time. They, well, the other time they talk about it, they say it's a living and breathing document. Yeah. Uh, and I wish, they, I wish they, they felt that way about nine-month-old fetuses. <laughs> that is a great joke, ladies and gentlemen. That is a great line. Even Mark so what, Levin. Is a, what is a what's the life of a comedian really like? My son wants to be a comedian and uh he's well, not. Funny. I suggest you find a methanol clinic real soon. Right. Uh, well, it depends at what level you're at. It's it, it's uh it's fun when you're in your twenties, you're on the road. Getting STDs in every city, and you can laugh about it. Uh, you know, that part's fun. Then you hit your 30s, and you're, like, checking into the Holiday Express in, in Cleveland again for the eighth time, and you're like, do I really want to see the bowling, the bowling Hall of Fame again or the Spam Factory? And then you're like, this isn't that fun. And then, then you start calling escort services. You know, I, I called right. one. Call, it was called Visiting Angels. I thought it was an escort service. It turns out it's for all people health care. <laughs> <laughs> nurse showed up with a bedpan. We worked it into the fun, but uh, I, 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 it's, it's, let me tell you something. You better be good at it because uh, it can get pretty lonely out there. It, it, it's when you're on stage, Glenn, it's the best thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, when you come off stage, like Billy Crystal said, Mrs. Saturday night, all the guys want to be your friends. All the girls over 400 pounds want to sleep with you. Um, <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's great. I haven't had a boss. I haven't had a boss since 1988. And, and, you know, I used to be able to get up at noontime on a Monday. I was saying that till I met my manager and we started doing this streaming show. Now, now I keep the hours of a fisherman. My alarm goes <laughs> off at 5 a.m. Look at me. I've aged 300 years and left. So, I but know, tell I'm your son to do it. I'm actually only 20. <laughs> <laughs> tell your son to, I mean, if you, you got to get it out of your system. You, you got to do it. And if he goes up and even two people laugh, it, it, I'm telling you, it's, it's a drug. I mean, it, there, it there's, there can't be anything better than making people laugh and feel good and laugh hard. That just, I mean, I can't imagine how that's how that could not be addicting. Well, the reason I did it, somebody told me when I was young, if you can make a woman laugh, you can make her do anything. So that's, that's why a, I get into it. And then, right. then I turned, I grew up, and I, I a loaded handgun has the same effect. Right. <laughs> but. Uh, and uh, in today's world, that kind of—they're uh, both kind of the same. Um, they, yes, they are. Yeah. So, That's Nick, uh, how's the special going? We are at about nine hundred and twenty thousand views. We only released this in May, so I say we hit a million views by probably Thanksgiving. Uh, breath of fresh air. Uh, I'm the pioneer on this stuff, folks. I, I hate to keep blowing my own horn here, but I was pushing these uh, anti-PC things and doing this type of comedy. Uh, late nineties. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've taken a beating. I've been, I've been assaulted uh, by a woman after a show. I I've been on the phone with the FBI, uh, twice this year, uh, about threats and, uh, I've put in my dues 
anybody that comes out to my show, it's not because they saw me on TV or because I'm famous. It's because of my comedy. And uh, I'm, I'm doing it the hard way. But uh, the special is a really, it really is Nick DiPaolo essence. I, I, I let it fly. And even Billy Burr said to me, you know, he's politically he's a little opposite to me, but he said this special is good for comedy. So I think, uh, I think you is. know, people are looking for, for something like this. Breath the Fresh Air, it's on YouTube. And go to nickdip.com if you want. All right. NickDip.com. Nick, good talking to you, brother. You're the best. Thanks. Thank Bye. you. You bet. Right. Bye-bye. John Ziegler uh, talking uh, to Matt Lauer yesterday. We will hear what that conversation was like. First time hearing Matt Lauer's side. Next. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Welcome to the uh, program. Uh, we have John Ziegler on the program today. Now, if you're a longtime listener of this program, you may have heard him in the past, and uh, he generally uh, seems to make a lot of sense. He generally, uh, well, he's not popular, and he's not popular because he's always on the other side of things, always, uh, and many times he's right. Now, he just spent the day yesterday with Matt Lauer. And uh, and I thought, we, you know, we should have we should have John uh, on the uh, on the radio program because we haven't heard Matt Lauer's side of the story. But I am I'm concerned that John Siegler, because there isn't anybody that's, you know, rushing and saying, hey, John, I was part of the Armenian genocide. Uh, please defend me. <laughs> I think he may, you know, he may uh, he may end up being the most hated man in America. Welcome to the program, John Ziegler. Well, I've had a lot of interesting intros on this program, but that one takes the cake. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. You don't you do, and like I said, you're generally right. I think the things that you've said, I'm just afraid of where you're going to where you're going to take this one. Well, uh, look, uh, here's the the bottom line on this. Um, you know, Matt Lauer, as you uh, guys obviously know, was one of the biggest uh, media stars in the world in November of 2017. Got fired in the midst of the post Harvey Weinstein Me Too situation. Has never done an interview mm. of of any kind since then, and now with Ronan Farrow's new book, uh, uh, alleging that he raped uh, an NBC former NBC producer named Brooke Nevels in the, in the at the Sochi Olympics in 2014, uh, something that she never claimed before until <clears throat> by any evidence until she spoke to Ronan Farrow, which I don't think is coincidental. Um, I'm you know Matt Lauer, who I have known in the past because I've done three major interviews with him uh, on other issues um i uh he called me uh, about uh, a week and a half ago and 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 said can we talk and i said sure and um you know we've we've probably spoke about 3 hours on the phone partially about the the facts of the the case uh, partially about negotiating a potential meeting uh, get together off the record interview 
and so eventually uh, we we did that. And yesterday I took a, this is so crazy. Only John Ziegler would be dumb enough to do this. <laughs> I, I, I I took a red eye flight from Los Angeles to New York, drove out to the Hamptons, spent the entire day with Matt Lauer, and flew back. Also, I didn't have to pay for a damn hotel room. Um, <laughs> so 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 so, um, so I'm a little a little tired right now because yeah. uh, I'm back in I'm back in L.A. Oh, good. But, uh, but the, sleep deprivation uh, is like truth serum. So, right, so right. tell us what you're thinking, John. Well, well, I can assure you that if anybody, uh, if if there was some way to have uh, aired live video of the five and a half hours I spent grilling Matt Lauer uh, yesterday. Uh, in the Hamptons, and then that was somehow accessible to the public. That w- it would have been uh, Super Bowl rating. Oh, I'm sure it would have. Uh, um, th- this was. I-, I have done a lot of very high profile uh, interviews in my career, um, <laughs> and this was the most extraordinary of its kind that I've that I've ever done. Um, this is uh, on a, on m- multiple levels. On a human level, I'm talking about just on a human level. I mean, this is a man who uh, admits to making enormous mistakes, uh, and and I grill him over those. Uh, and, and by the way, all this is in a column uh, entitled, after meeting with Matt Lauer, he has a compelling story, but does he have a fair place to tell it, which has just gone out on Mediate. Okay. I, I thought it was going to go out a little earlier than it did, but you know how these things work in this business. So that apparently is now out. Um, and I urge people to read it. We took a photo together to prove that we had met. That was one of the conditions of the of the meeting. And uh, I, I'll just say it because um, you know you, this is the way I am. I, I am convinced that the idea that he raped this woman uh, is absurd. I mean, I, I it is, it, and and I think that there are there are people who are very 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 close to this story and to her who know that the allegation is absurd and they have not been willing to come forward publicly. Uh, They've done so privately. Uh, I would urge them to come forward publicly and tell the real truth of what happened here. But uh, I I also think, and I said there's multiple levels to this. There's the human level. There's the the allegation, you know, what actually happened. And then there's also the Ronan Farrow issue. And I got to tell you, Glenn, uh, you know, I bought into the whole Ronan Farrow thing mm-hmm. back during Harvey Weinstein. And then when he went after Brett Kavanaugh and what I refer to as a an urban legend, I started yes. to go, I started, whoa, 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 yes. whoa, whoa, what's going on here? Yes. And now after I've gotten deep into this Matt Lauer thing, and when I read his two chapters on Matt Lauer, which are a freaking joke, I mean, they are a journal, they are journalistic garbage. This is page six meets Alex Jones type stuff. Okay, this is insanity what he was allowed to write. And he's allowed to do it because he's now a media darling who gets no scrutiny whatsoever. He is a dangerous man, Glenn. The, the, the idea that he is now the arbiter of, of you know, adult male-female sexual relationships uh, is just unbelievable. Uh, so, and- I thought this, the Kavanaugh thing was an interesting moment with Ronan Farrow because he really tried to parlay his credibility with the Weinstein thing into taking Kavanaugh out, including embracing like the ninth string accusers uh, of Kavanaugh, not even the main ones. And he didn't seem like to pay- the ones that Avenatti was like, okay, this is ridiculous. <laughs> right. I mean, he really, he really went to the well. 
I thought it was the uh, the moment where he jumped the shark. Yeah. I, I, I thought and it was an eye-opening moment. I agree with you, Stu, 100% that that's what he tried to do. He tried to use his street cred on Weinstein to take out Kavanaugh. Now, at that point, to me, he was an activist. But that doesn't mean you're, you're always wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he just yeah. missed one. Maybe he just yep. missed one on that. But now that I've gotten into the details on this. Uh, like, it, what it, have it, you, like, what did you find out? Okay, from, well, from, for, from well, 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 one of the more amazing things <laughs> is that, you know, um, Ronan Farrow met with Matt Lauer just before publication. And Ronan Farrow acknowledged to Matt and to another person, who I spoke to, this other person as, as well, that um, Brooke Neville's, uh, came, this is, this is, these are Ronan Farrow's words, uh, came to her uh, uh, conclusion that Lauer had, or quote unquote, raped her, quote, in hindsight, in hindsight, in other words, after many years after it happens, after the firing where she never tells NBC anything about a rape, she tells NBC about a consensual affair on company property. That's why Matt Lauer got fired. And that's, there's been a lot of media smoke surrounding all of that, but people don't need, they need to understand that that's how this all went down. It was in the midst of that moral panic, post Weinstein, Me Too, NBC needs a scout because they're being attacked on their, their rejection of the uh, Ronan Farrow Weinstein story, and they decapitate Matt Lauer in 24 hours uh, for what I believe was more political purposes than anything else. The rules changed, and by the way, Lauer never even fought that. He never fought his contract being broken. He, he, he didn't do an interview about it because he felt horrible about what he had done to his family. He didn't want to fight it. He accepted responsibility for his mistakes, and he thought that was going to be the end of it. And now he's being accused of rape because, as you guys know, once the media decapitates you, now they feel like they can feed off your carcass. Oh, yeah. And, 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 so, and so this is what's happened here. Farrow is promoting what I believe in to be an activist position on, on Me Too using Matt Lauer's carcass. Well, now Matt Lauer's like, well, wait a minute, i got to fight back. And, but he doesn't know how to do it because we don't live in a world where there is any sense of media fairness on this issue, especially. And and so you know, and he's being bombarded with interview uh, requests constantly. And of course, you know, it's perfectly logical that when that happens, you go to John Ziegler instead. Right. <laughs> which, well, I will which tell you this, John. I mean, I wouldn't go to the mainstream media. I, w- I wouldn't. I'd go to somebody like you. I'd I'd go someplace where. The guy has a reputation of listening to the other side because I've done too many interviews and seen and Matt is, you know, Matt knows this too many interviews where the interviewer is just coming in for a ratings hit or to increase their popularity or whatever. They don't actually care to listen. They know what they're looking for. And that's way most people are. 100% on this issue. That's exactly what has happened. And as far as, you know, me assessing his credibility, let me just tell you how um, the uh, how this went down. I mean, I am the person who told Matt Lauer, I don't know what percentage, but a huge percentage of what is in Ronan Farrow's book. Because he didn't even want to read it. He's so disgusted by it. So I'm I'm getting his reaction to in real time, real time. To the allegations. Now, if, I, I, you, you've done a million interviews as well. That's about as 
as as credible as it gets yeah. in, the, in determining someone's uh, you know whether or not their story makes sense because this isn't a cover story he's coming to me with. Let me tell you my version of events, and I've got X, Y, and Z all nailed down. He's literally reacting to me in real time to things he's never heard before and has ex- extraordinary detail, extraordinary detail in his responses. He didn't uh, sidestep any of my inquiries. I mean, you, you guys know me. I mean, we, we spent five and a half hours talking about this. We weren't talking about why the Yankees didn't make the World Series, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this, was, this was as excruciating uh, a five and a half hours as Matt Lauer could possibly have ever experienced uh, you know, verbally in his life. Uh, I mean, it, there's, it was emotional at times. Uh, it was extremely fact-based. He was as open as I could have possibly imagined. He has an incredibly compelling story. And this story goes way beyond Matt Lauer. Does, okay? he, does, does he have evidence uh, that he showed you at all? Are there texts that support? I tell you what, hey, before you answer that, let me take oh, a quick break, right, and then I'll we'll come me. back uh, and, uh, and get the rest of the story from John Z. Talking to John Ziegler, senior columnist of Mediaite, uh, host of Individual One podcast. Uh, you can find him at freespeechbroadcasting.com. Um, he met yesterday with Matt Lauer, spent the day with Matt Lauer, and said he has a compelling case that he didn't do what everybody is saying. In fact, ro- what Rowan Farrow is uh, saying in his new book. Um, and he wants he wants his name cleared here. So the question was when we broke. Yeah, John, did he, did he had spent five and a half hours with a guy. He gave right. a compelling personal testimony on this. Did he provide any supporting evidence? Well, yes and no. And here's part of the perfect storm. Um, there is uh, absolutely documentary evidence to um, back up uh, much of what Matt Lauer is saying. It's also important and interesting to point out, and I do this in the column, which is now out at Mediate. Uh, which, which we did as well. Um, uh, the oh, good. The um, it's important to point out. You know what's interesting about Ronan Farrow's book, among many problems, is that he references emails and texts that were allegedly sent to and from the people accusing Matt Lauer. Yet there's no documentation of those. And I would I would love Ronan Farrow to come up with the documentation. Uh, and I would like to know uh, whether or not some of the people that spoke to him provided their actual correspondence with Matt Lauer, because if they did, they should have been in the book. And, if they, and, and there's a reason why they wouldn't be, because they wouldn't support his story at all. But I would ask you, Stu, to think about what happens when you get fired uh, with no notice at your job. And that, I think, is a path will, that will lead you to understand why it is that uh, Lauer is partially uh, handicapped in responding here, right? Uh, no and, access and, to emails. And so, and so, so uh, there's there's a series. There is a series of perfect storm situations. One of which, by the way, is um, also considered that Matt Lauer has has fairly young kids who are at very impressionable yeah, yeah. ages. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and this is also uh, hindering uh, him knowing exactly how to tell. Uh, his what I believe to be very, very compelling uh, counter story. I think he eventually will tell it. Uh, I, I don't know in what form. So, um, so, 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 John, is 
does he he admits to the well, I got 30 seconds. He admits to the bad stuff that he did, right? He fully, fully admits okay. the stupid affairs. Yep. He absolutely, positively never raped Brooke Nevels or anybody else. All this other sexual assault stuff is not credible. All right. John Ziegler, thank you so much. Freespeechbroadcasting.com. You can read his article, his day with Matt Lauer. at tweeting it. And we're tweeting it now at glennbeckandworldofstew.com. All right. Back in a minute with Stephen Crowder. You're listening to Glenn Beck. 